Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Welcome back to the barbershop here on 923 Defend. And we go right back to the North Ormside Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline, bringing America Capital of Cleveland.com. Mary Kay, how you doing today? I'm doing great, Garrett. How you doing? I am doing wonderful. It's a beautiful day outside. Uh, everything looks to be on the up and up, and I'm excited about the Cleveland Browns coming up this season. Now, uh, they are are going to uh, be in West Virginia. What is their schedule down there? Um, are they going to be down there the whole uh, training camp, or how does this work? Uh, or is this because of the, you, you, uh, I guess, uh, doing the renovations in Berea? Or how, how does this thing work in West Virginia, and is this something um, that was already planned? Yeah, it's been planned for a long time. Uh, They have a very unique training camp coming up this year because, as you mentioned, they're starting out for the first eight practices over eight or nine days um, down in West Virginia at the Greenbrier. Uh, The first practice is July 22nd. I think that one's a little later in the afternoon. And then the rest of them are early morning to kind of beat the heat a little bit down there. Uh, Then they leave there after a practice on July 30th. Uh, they come home. They get ready for the Hall of Fame game against the Jets on August 3rd. And, of course, huge weekend with Joe Thomas going into the Hall of Fame and all of the festivities that will be surrounding that. And then, again, it's just a unique training camp because in addition to being at the Greenbrier for that amount of days, they are going to be spending – uh, almost a week in Philadelphia this summer in August in advance of the August 17th preseason game there. They're practicing against the Eagles on Monday and Tuesday of that week. Then they have the off day before the game on Wednesday. The game is Thursday night. So they will arrive on Sunday and come back home on Friday. So there probably will be only about, I mean, I don't know how many practices there are going to be in Berea yet open to the public, but uh, certainly probably not as many as there have been in the past. And as you mentioned, there's a lot of renovation. There's a lot of construction going on out there. Uh, lots of big things happening. So I think that is part of it. Well, listen, we'll, we'll have to count on uh, uh, you and, and uh, your team to get all the information because it sounds like it's not going to be as, you know, the Browns have been pretty, pretty good about uh, having training camps open and the fans have come down and they have a really nice experience where guys come out, sign autographs and, and come out and see practice and things like that. It seems like it's going to be, uh, you know, really secluded. And I guess that's going to be, and sometimes you need that. Um, I, I think this year for the Browns, 
Um, I'm actually kind of excited to hear that because I feel like this is a really pivotal year uh, for the Browns. It's been one of the most, uh, I, I guess, uh, you know, one of the most, uh, you know, Years that people are really looking forward to a lot on the line. Uh, Deshaun Watson, a lot to prove. Kevin Stefanski, a lot to prove. Andrew Berry and his roster. Um, you, you know, this is going to be a pivotal year. Do you believe that um, the Browns are really locking in and are they embracing that? Yeah, I do think it's a pivotal year. It's all been leading to this. This is why you go out and you draft Miles number one overall, and then you uh, then you draft Denzel Ward at number four, and you go out and you spend all this money on Deshaun Watson, and you you know extend Joel Batonio and Wyatt Teller, and you've got Nick Chubb, and you sign Amari Cooper, and you trade for Elijah Moore. I mean, they have done all of these things to get this roster to the point where they believe it can challenge for a Super Bowl. And we all know that you do not challenge for a Super Bowl on paper. It has to come together in every single way for that to happen. Uh, But all of the ingredients are there for them to be wildly successful this season, and now it's a matter of pulling it all together. Um, You know, a lot of callers have said this, and I've listened to, you know, a lot of different um, different publications and, you know, Pro Football Focus had, had a article and I, I was on Cleveland.com and I was talking about it. He asked me, um, you know, some of the things that some of the prognosticators are saying in terms of the six games that Deshaun Watson played. Now, look, I get it. Um, he did not play, uh, you know, he wasn't an MVP level. He wasn't a world beater by any stretch of the imagination. But do you believe that people really put a lo- too much stock into the six games that he played last year, given the circumstances and given the fact that he just didn't practice or play in a bunch of time? Like it's just almost, you know, two years that he didn't play. And I don't know what people were kind of expected. Do you think they're kind of blowing out of proportion? Well, I do think the expectations uh, now in retrospect for Deshaun Watson coming off of a 700 day layoff were too high. I know that I expected him to look like the Deshaun Watson that I knew. I did not expect that he would be as rusty as he was. But it it wasn't just that. It was the fact that he had completely new personnel, that he had new coaches calling the game for him, that he had a scheme that he didn't necessarily feel was 100% suited to him. We know this because he just told us at minicamp, everything is new. It wouldn't have to be new if it was perfect for him last year. So I think they really had to go back to the drawing board and figure out how to tailor an offense to him to help draw out his strengths and maximize them. And I think they will do that this year. But the other thing about last year is there were a couple of games that uh, you almost have to just throw off the books. I mean, that, that first game down in Houston, he was not himself at all. I mean, that was uh, such an overwhelming emotional situation. He was not ready for the impact of that by any stretch of the imagination. And I think that's right when he realized, oh, this is a little different, uh, just, <laughs> excuse me, in terms of scheme and personnel than maybe that I thought it was going to be and adjustment and all of those things. And then you had, um, then you had the freezing cold game mm. at the, at the stadium, which you really can't judge a quarterback in a game like that, you're just out there trying to survive and do the best you possibly can. So there were extenuating circumstances. Talking to Mary Kay Cabot on the North Olmsted Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram hotline. Uh, she is the beat reporter for Cleveland.com. 
Um, you know, we look at a, a lot of, you know, the offense and defensive line. There's a, there's a, there's a, a group of individuals, um, that are, you know, kind of under the radar. Like, you know, we, we talk about a guy like a Nick Harris, right? Like a guy who was, was penciled in, had, had waited his opportunity, uh, and gets hurt on the first play of preseason. Um, first of all, you know, how is Nick doing? Uh, what are your thoughts on him possibly, um, you know, platooning at guard if any, if Wyatt Taylor or Joe Batonio do go down? What is his outlook on this squad? And do you think it, there's a camp battle, um, between Nick Harrison and, 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 uh, the young guy from Ohio State that they brought in as center? Well, you know, I look at Nick as someone who, you know, has to show uh, that they just can't afford to cut him and not have him be on the 53-man roster. That is the position that he's in right now. He has to show that he can be the backup center to Ethan Posick and also, as you mentioned, uh, be able to platoon at, at guard. So he's got to be able to do that because they did go out and draft a center in Luke Whipler from Ohio State. And, you know, if, if he can't show that, he's going to be really valuable, Nick, on special teams and at guard as well, you know, then that's a position they're going to have to think long and hard about when they are making those roster decisions at the end of camp. So, you know, he's one I think that you have to look at. Uh, We know that Andrew Berry does not part with those draft picks lightly. They drafted them for a reason. They did not usually, in most cases, draft them to come in and knock over the world right away these uh, some of these guys are developmental guys some of them are in the pipeline some of them are meant to spend some time in the farm system which is the practice squad and um, so I think Nick falls into that category of do we have the luxury of keeping him around uh, for what he can bring or is he somebody that is somewhat on the bubble uh, another camp position and camp battles that we look at it. Uh, I think Zach Jackson talked about this, and, and he, this was a kind of undercover sneaky pick, uh, sneaky guy that possibly can get cut. He's talked about David Bell. Um, the wide receiver roster is very, very, very uh, all of a sudden deep. Um, you take a look at a guy like Jakeen Grant. Who, who they brought in to return kicks. Uh, unfortunately, the NFL looks like they've diminished that role again, uh, by some of the kickoff rules and, and different things like that. Um, you know, you got obviously Anthony Schwartz, um, uh, who is, looks like he's on a, a little bit of the bubble there as well. But he said David Bell is a guy that, you know, could possibly be a casualty. And, you know, we just talked about, uh, you know, Andrew Barry and, and his picks. It looks like this year he's actually going to have to give up one of those those picks or somebody um, that won't make the roster at the wide receiver group. Uh, do you think the wide receiver group is more deep and more competitive as far as camp battles, or is it the offensive line group? Well, I would say maybe receiver a little bit because, you know, you do have four new pass catchers coming onto the football team, and you're going to have to find spots for these guys. In terms of David Bell, I still have a hard time believing that Andrew Barry is going to part with a third-round pick from last year. Yeah. Uh, not, not only does he uh, not like to give up on those young guys, he certainly doesn't like to give up on third-round picks. Those are players that you bring in to either be a key part of the rotation or evolve into a starting role. So I just don't think that they're going to be willing to give up on David Bell yet. Um, I, I don't know how they're going to get all these receivers on the team, but if I had to make my 53-man roster right now, I would have David Bell on there. 
Uh, you, you know, I I agree. I tend to agree, especially I know I know Anthony Schwartz is a third round pick, but at least Anthony Schwartz has been here a couple of years and had a longer look than a guy like David Beller as well. Um, you know, there's been a lot made uh, of of some of the guys coming back from injury. Um, when we look at Sione Taki Taki, uh, JOK, uh, Anthony Walker, um, Phillips. Um, when we talk about that linebacker unit, um, are there any guys that are in jeopardy of pr- probably not playing in the preseason? Do you think that those guys will get playing time, or do you think their goal is to keep those guys healthy until the season starts? I think the goal is to keep those guys healthy until the season starts. I don't think they're going to rush these guys into the lineup uh, when they're coming off of these season-ending injuries. I think they'll be fine at linebacker, but certainly not if they get these guys re-injured. So I would expect that they will be very cautious and judicious with them. And I think the health of those guys will determine who makes the team and who doesn't. And they might also have to do something where, you know, they get a guy on the, uh, on the roster and then go ahead and put him on, um, on IR for the first three weeks or something like that. So I think the, uh, the initial 53 man roster is going to be very fluid because of, especially because of some of those linebacker injuries. You know, I, I try not to get too emotional about certain situations and different players, but there's one player that, that always seems to kind of come to the forefront. He's been a topic of conversations. Maybe it's just summer radio where we bring up things and hypotheticals. But one one guy that has been brought up a lot is Nick Chubb. Now, for me, I, I just feel like you know for what for what Nick Chubb has done for the Browns and what he's been as a model citizen as far as you know, just being, just you know, people, coaches say they want the guy to, to hand the ball back to the referee. They they don't want any off the field issues. I remember Kevin Stefanski said it, it is it's not like you know it, it, on a scale of one to ten, like he's a zero. Like he he he, he never does anything outside of, that's going to embarrass the organization or or come off as a me guy. He's like he's the ultimate example. He's a, he's not low maintenance. He's no maintenance. You know, you just wake up and Nick Chubb's doing what he's supposed to be doing. But when it comes to it, I think his cap hit next year sixteen million. We people have been um, you know kind of forecasting that this could be his net uh, his is um, his last year. Given what he has been to the organization, do you put it past the organization to say, hey, let's look at your contract? Maybe let's renegotiate and possibly see if we can keep you here uh, and you can retire here as a Cleveland Brown. Yeah, I could see that happening. I've always said this. I think Nick transcends just your normal football player for the Cleveland Browns. He's been so much to the Browns since 2018. He's been stability. He's been professionalism. He's been consistency, availability, all the things that you want in a football player. Nick Chubb has been those things. Uh, and in some ways, he's been the face of the organization since then through all the madness and the craziness. He sort of is in the Joe Thomas category in that respect. So for those reasons, I could see them doing whatever it would take to make sure that they're sending the right message, treating Nick Chubb the right way and trying to work something out financially that keeps him here, you know, makes him happy, you know, protects the team and has a happy ending. That's what I see with Nick Chubb. Yeah, you know, and and that's the thing that I would see because it just seems to me, and I I said this before, like, 
when you look at other players and when you look at guys like uh, like Nick Chubb, we, I look at better for better or worse. I model what the Cleveland Browns do compared to those teams in the AFC North because we have such close ties. Obviously, the Ravens used to be the Browns. Obviously, the Pittsburgh Steelers are our rival, a main rival. And then the Bengals are, are I mean, we, we share one of the greatest coaches in Paul Brown. Where there are, you know, we have the Battle of Ohio for that. So when I look at those guys and I look at those teams and, and guys like Anthony Munoz, right, and, and Ray Lewis and Ed Reed and Troy Palomalo, those guys never played for anybody else. Even Ben Roethlisberger, those guys, I remember watching those guys envious because those guys got to start and finish where they were supposed to be and for me I just I want the Browns to be able to be at a level where we can do some of those type things it pains me to see Ozzie Smith become one of the best GMs in in Baltimore it's just one of those things where I I just think Joe Thomas did it the right way and and look how great uh, of a time it's going to be to see Joe go into Hall of Fame I just want that four guys of, of a Nick Chubb's ilk yeah, I, I do think it's important to, uh, you know, to make sure that current players, uh, prospective players, past players, and fans all know uh, that Cleveland is a place to come to be treated well uh, and, and to be heard and to not have contentious negotiations. And I think that's been the hallmark of Andrew Berry's regime so far. For the most part, uh, things go pretty well with players. Now, you, of course, you've got the outliers. You've got the Baker Mayfields where things don't necessarily go well. But, uh, but you know, that, that wasn't really even Andrew Berry's draft pick necessarily. That was John Dorsey's draft pick. But, um, but in the players that Andrew is putting on this team uh, and the way that he has dealt with all of the contract negotiations have lent itself to – uh, a reputation of Cleveland being a really good place to play, and I think that will continue. Mary Kay, thank you so much for taking time out of your Saturday to come on with me. Uh, we'll talk, touch base with you, I'm sure, again, probably before uh, training camp comes up, and uh, we'll look forward to uh, reading your work on Cleveland.com. Sounds great. Thanks for having me. All right, thank you. Mary Kay Cabin on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. 
Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.